But then when you get to drugs for the brain, the wheels fall. And I couldn't help to think, like, there's got to be a better way. Like, you know, for a lot of the drugs for the brain, the side effects are worse than the disease. This podcast is graciously supported by the buddies at Ample, which is my new MRE, or meal ready to eat. If you haven't checked out Ample yet, go to amplemeal.com. Now, Ample is not just a protein shake. It's a complete meal in a bottle. It includes all the fiber and healthy fats and protein and carbohydrates that you need in the right combinations from the right sources. I love this product. It's become my go-to for baseline nutrition, and I have one a day before my morning training sessions. Life can get a little crazy, but that's okay, and Ample makes eating healthy on the go so much easier. Just add water and three, two, one, go. Now, Ample's offering a 15% discount off your first order. So go to amplemeal.com if you want to try this out. Type in the code UNBEATABLE15, UNBEATABLE15. You can get a 400 or 600 calorie complete meal in a bottle made from superior real food ingredients and it's designed for optimal nutrition for folks like us. It's non-GMO, no artificial crud, no gluten, no soy. Now, they know how much I love this product and they want you to try it too. So go to amplemeal.com, type in the code UNBEATABLE15 to get 15% off your first order. Hoo-yah. Give it a try. Hey folks, welcome back. This is Mark Devine with the Unbeatable Mind Podcast. So grateful that you could join us today. I know your time is valuable and also there's literally 100 billion podcasts popping up these days, so you have a lot to choose from. The fact that you're listening to the Unbeatable Mind Podcast is really, really cool. And um, I know for, mo- for the longest time, we've only had it available on iTunes, but now if you'd like to look at it other places, we have it available at Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course our website, unbeatablemind.com slash podcast, where if you go there, drop your name in our email because we have a lot of cool things, like one of the things we're going to talk about today, about a special promotion with this cool device that I have on my head, which is not a set of headphones. Actually, it is, yeah. but that's not the primary purpose, right? So I'm going to actually take this off in a second. But anyway, so check out the Unbeal Mind podcast, get your name on the email, and please rate it if you can, because that really helps other people find it. One last thing before I introduce our super cool guest, the Unbeatable Mind Summit is going to be held December 2nd through the 5th or December, no, I'm sorry, 1st through the 3rd here in Carlsbad, California. We're already 50% of the way have been completely sold out. It's going to be an unbelievable event. It's three days of Unbeatable Mind training, a tribe connection, working on our Frontside Focus plan for 2018, and some really cool speakers. And also you'll be able to play around with some technology and some of the tools that uh, we've been testing this year. All right, so that's uh, really cool. Now today I have a guest who is um, the founder, one of the founders, and the the brain behind a company called Halo, which is this cool device I have in my head. So I'm excited to introduce my guest today from Northern California, Dr. Daniel Chow. Daniel, thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, so, Mark. Yeah, thanks Daniel is the uh, he's. We're going to get into his background and, and everything, but he's an MD and has an MS in neuroscience, so he's truly a, a brain doctor. Uh, formerly worked for McKinsey um, and is now co-founder and CEO of Halo Neuroscience, which is this little doohickey. This is one of their uh, products. It's pretty cool. We're going to talk about Halo and we're going to talk about some of the cool things they're doing with um, the fitness and the military community. And uh, Dan, thanks for making your way down here to do this. Thanks for the opportunity. It's really cool. So this thing is really cool. Now the the Halo, uh, I don't want to get into the details right now, but um, for everyone who's listening, uh, at the end of the show or in the show notes, uh, we're going to be, I've tested this product myself and it's wickedly cool and it works. And we're, so we're going to be offering a, a program discount for you guys. We can get $125 off to, to check out the device. So that's my sales pitch. So wait to the end. I'll give you the promo code or look in the show notes if you have to go and you're going to listen to this later, but you don't want to wait and you want to go check out the device. So now I get to take this off. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty comfortable though actually i like that all right so dan we'll drop in the notes um tell us a little bit about before we get into kind of your yeah. work with halo which is you know 
I think going to be something that everyone's really interested in. Tell us about like your background, where you grew up, how you got interested in science yeah. and brain science and all that stuff. All right. So how far back should I go? Um, no, you were born at a well, uh, very early age. Born uh, immigrant parents okay. in L.A. Grew up in Anaheim. The Chinese background? Or? Yeah, yeah. Okay. My parents are both uh, born in China and mm-hmm. escaped the communists. They escaped the Cultural Revolution when they were really young. Uh-huh. Um, and they so they grew up in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. And then came here in 1968. Okay. So after the Civil Rights Act of 1965, that reversed, not to get too deep mm-hmm. into American history, but there was something called the Chinese Exclusion Act of 1882. Hmm. So there were no Chinese immigrants that were allowed between 1882 and 1965. Really? Yeah. So it. <laughs> okay, we're going to have to do a separate podcast on that. Separate. Po- <laughs> I'm kind of uh, curious about so, that. So, yeah, post 1965, um, that's that's when you saw a lot of uh, a wave of a- Asian immigration. And my parents came here to, to go to graduate school and live okay. the American dream. Outstanding. Got married, had me, had my sister. And were they scientists too? Yeah. So both of my parents are. Um, they're they're very technical. So my mm-hmm. my dad is an aerospace scientist. Mm-hmm. He worked to create the sh- space shuttle, as no we know kidding. it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, Good for him. Yeah, he worked for Boeing Corporation, and okay. my mom was an accountant. So, you know, English not being their first language, uh, like technical jobs were good for them mm-hmm. because you didn't really need to. You can communicate in numbers, right? So yeah, I was fascinated by the brain since since I was a child, and I built a long road of education to learn more about the brain. So uh, yeah, I'm a medical doctor. I went to Stanford for medical school and got a master's in neuroscience uh, from Stanford as well. And Mark, I still remember the day sitting in pharmacology class in medical school and learning about the different types of drugs that we have access to. Mm -hmm. And it didn't take me long to realize that drugs are really the miracle of modern medicine. Mm -hmm. So hundred years ago, you might have died of a foot infection, and today we don't even think about it. We take an antibiotic, and it's gone. Right. Cholesterol, take a little pill every day, and you're going to live longer. Same thing with blood pressure and these types of things. But then when you get to drugs for the brain, the wheels fall off. Right. And I couldn't help to think, like, there's got to be a better way. Like, you know, for a lot of the drugs for the brain, the side effects are and worse yes, than the disease. still a huge industry billions and Abs- billions of dollars absolutely and it's absolutely it's yeah. multi tens of billions of dollars go into drug sales for drugs that actually don't work that well right. so i started thinking you know maybe electricity mm-hmm. could be better medicine than the brain works on neurochemicals and neuro like neuro exactly. electrical stimulation it's right? an electrical organ so it's a computer circuit yeah 100% so what if we use what if we spoke its language and used electricity Interesting. To communicate to the brain. Do you think the electrical stimulation precedes the neurochemical uh, reaction, which is what the drugs were trying to yeah, uh, so, affect? Yeah, the drugs, the way drugs work, it just sort of modulates neural activity. Right. And they work on these different receptor channels and this type of thing to modulate brain activity. But mm-hmm. the problem with a drug is that it doesn't know where to go. Mm-hmm. So it's going to affect everything. Yeah. It's going to affect everything. Shut things, some things down and open other things up that it has no Yeah, it doesn't to. know that we only need to go to this part of your brain. Right. Right. It goes all over the place. And that's why there's a lot of friendly fire when, it ta- when we're talking about drugs for the brain. Mm-hmm. Whereas if we use electricity, like we can put the electrode wherever we want. Mm-hmm. It's just going to stimulate that part of the brain. Exactly. And another great thing about electricity is something called the circuit. Mm-hmm. We can turn it off whenever we want. Right. We can turn it on when whenever. Like with a drug, how do you turn it off and on? Right. It's just it's about the you know the blood clearing it and the liver metabolizing it. And if you're having a bad day on the drug, you're kind of stuck with it. There's no antidote. Right. So, um, you know, what started as an idea in medical school led to a company. Okay. Um, so, did you ever go and practice medicine like no, as a brain doc? No. So, uh, boy. All right. So. Uh, <laughs> We're getting in here. So I went to Stanford in this uh, the special program where you get an MD and a PhD. I see. Usually takes seven or eight years. Uh-huh. It's called the MSTP, Medical Scientist Training Program. Interesting. So you never intended to be a practicing doctor. Correct. But you needed the MD to be a scientist in the medical profession. Exactly. Right. Got like it. the MD was just to inform my research so that it can be very targeted towards human yeah. health. Most of the unbeatable mind listeners speaking have MD, PhDs, MBAs. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I no, I heard your your <laughs> listenership is they are is very intelligent. Yeah. yeah. 
but getting an MD PhD is a little bit unusual. I got to admit. Yeah. So, you know, at Stanford, I, um, it's just a very weird place to go to school. You know, I think most people know about it now, but uh, Are there like two people in your program, six. six. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's, it's and, a, and two graduated probably, right? <laughs> It's no, like seal training. No, did everyone get through? Everyone got okay, through. Good uh, it's, they're very nurturing there. Versus, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this, Stanford is an academic institution that is tied to industry like no other university that I've ever been a part. Really of. interesting. Like this is known today, but it was true back then when I was at school, and I couldn't help but to learn about startups and businesses, and I became like really interested and quickly learned that a startup is a better vehicle for my life dreams and mm -hmm. my professional okay. goals than a lab. Right. You know, I could do practical applied research and actually take it further. Right. There's this translational step of taking it from a lab into mm -hmm. practice mm -hmm. that I was something that I was really interested in. So did like, you, and so I imagine they have access to advisors and funding and you can actually probably come out of that program with a, operating company or at least a research based yeah, company with funding. I, absolutely. I, cool. you know, I um like for me I there was a step in between but mm -hmm. absolutely. I mean there's venture capitalists right across the street. Right. There's advisors and this kind of thing that you have access to like uniquely at Stanford. So yeah, at, at some point I realized that the lab wasn't for me, a startup was better. Um so I dropped out of the PhD program, which oh, okay. is why I only have a master's. Got it. And I finished out the MD. Mhm. Mm and, uh, and yeah, so that like what started as an idea led to, I, I, I joined at the time, it was a very small startup called Neuropace mm -hmm. and there yeah. we, um, it was a big effort, you know, it was 10 year effort to develop what's like a pacemaker for your brain to treat oh. epilepsy. Oh, cool. Wow. So this is a medical implant with electrodes going into the brain mm -hmm. and basically an embedded computer in the skull. Mm. Uh, with its own battery, its own computer chip, its own software. So the computer chip senses epileptic seizures coming on, and then will stimulate it to try to ward it off. Or that's exactly that's exactly right. That's cool. Yeah. So we have this onboard computer that's that's sensing the brain and looking for signals that are suggestive of a seizure about right, to happen. Right, right. So let's get ahead that of the problem. EEG or mm -hmm. what's the? Okay. Yeah, so it's a it's a different form of EEG. So uh -huh. EEG is traditionally thought of as a scalp electrode, right. but now we have electrodes Implant. in the brain. So it's really privileged access, right? And Where, epilepsy happens in a certain area of the brain, like it's not hmm. one area for one person, another area for another person. So it can happen. It could start from anywhere. Okay, but there are some hotspots. So like the hippocampus and the temporal lobe are hotspots for the genesis of seizures. So okay, and since I know nothing about, well, I know a little bit about this, but not much. If let's say the hippocampus sends a signal out that is pre-epileptic, does that signal radiate through the entire gray matter of the brain or just mm. is, it, is it localized? Mm. So sometimes it's localized and that's good for the patient. Yes. Okay. It could still lead to a seizure, but if it's localized, it's a less severe form of the seizure. Mm-hmm. There are other seizures where what starts as a local short circuit mm. spreads more broadly across the brain. Mm. Right. Um, and, you know, here's where you see... Like a, one wave will trigger a, a different wave. Correct. And this is like people have in, in different ways have seen this happen in, in other individuals where they're on the ground and this kind of thing and lose consciousness. So, mm. yeah, so it could be localized or it could spread. Okay. So this device, um, was it successful? Yeah, so a lot of clinical testing, a lot of engineering and development, but we got it to the finish line. So we had our big day in front of the FDA, mm -hmm. and they voted 13 to 0 for approval. No kidding. So Is that uh, pretty rare? Imagine it's extremely, it's... Ex extremely rare. Really? Uh, so a vote at that level, unanimous fashion, hasn't happened in decades. Really? Okay. So we're really proud of that, and it's out there in clinical practice, Mark. Is it? Yeah, so I don't think people realize that 1% of the world is epilepsy. Huh, that's a lot of people. Yeah, and it, it, it's a disease of the young. Right. So, you know, we're helping young people get their life back. You mm -hmm. know, we're helping young people, like, get their driver's license mm -hmm. back, get back to college, mm -hmm. get a job. And former, before this, or, or someone without this treatment, what, what, were, what was available to treat epilepsy, if anything? Yeah, so there's, um, the mainstay of therapy is drugs. Right. And for a third of people with epilepsy, drugs don't work. Okay. So it's complete failure of medications mm -hmm. and um, 
there's another third of people who take the drug and it works, but they would actually rather have seizures than the side effects of the drug. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. So, so it still debilitates them. They can't have a right. normal life. So effectively, they can't use the drug because the side effects are so bad. So, so yeah, it's, uh, I, you know, I guess you know, this whole conversation is just to really kind of like introduce this concept of using electricity mm-hmm. as medicine, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, it, I, and I know, especially in this country, there's some baggage around using electricity with the brain. Yeah, well, the first attempt at it was rather intrusive, right? Yeah. Literally a frontal lobotomy with electricity. Um, yeah, so that's, that's surgery, and then we yeah. used ECT inappropriately. Right. Yeah, interesting. We almost used it as a form of punishment, and there was a movie that memorialized that one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Right, right. So yeah, I would. I know what might sound like a as a crazy concept, um, especially with the baggage that electricity in the brain comes with. Mm-hmm. You know, I would really love to appeal to you and your listenership that you know we've come a long way since yeah. those early days. Uh, yeah. We could do a lot better in using more refined forms of electricity to our advantage. Yeah. Well, most of the listeners um, heard an earlier podcast I did with Dr. Andrew Hill oh, okay. on Peak Brain. Yeah. You, do you know Dr. Andrew Hill yeah, and his yeah. work? Yeah. So yeah. he's using electricity in a neuro, you know, neurofeedback way for for performance, but also has some evidence that the stimulation and the training of the brain, right, getting the brain into a, a certain uh, pattern, alpha beta pattern, will help. Um, heal people from like eight, you know, the, the extreme ends of behavior, ADD and OCD, mm-hmm. right, can bring that back into norm. Also, he uh, makes claims that um, we, we can find dramatic improvements in extreme uh, alcoholics and as well as other neurological disorders. So that's kind of interesting. What do you think about that work? Yeah, so that I, I think it has a lot of promise, yeah. especially with these new biofeedback systems. Right. They're so much easier to use. Right. Just about anybody can buy can buy a decent biofeedback system yeah. and use their phone to do biofeedback. Yeah, pretty much what he said. Yeah. So he was going to set me up. I haven't done it yet, but set me up. And it was a little more elaborate than a phone. It hasn't been condensed into an app yet. That's a huge opportunity for an entrepreneur to be able to take neurofeedback and do what you've done kind of with a halo for the movement. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to get into that. But for him, it was a $4,000, you know, computer with a essentially a game where you would fly a jet with your mind. And the point was you weren't actively flying the jet, you were passively flying it by trying to get your brain into a perfect mm-hmm. you know, state of mental electrical yep. activity. It's very interesting. Yeah, so now you can, you can gamify it, right? right? Instead of just looking at squiggly lines, you can take that squiggly line and put it into a video game engine right. so that it's more entertaining, right? And right. it's stickier that stickier, way. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's good. It's all going in the right direction. Right. So. Actually, like, you know, in contrast to biofeedback, what we're doing with neurostimulation is actually the reverse. Is it? Okay. Right. So we're not sensing the brain. We're actually delivering energy to the brain. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, okay. I did not pick that up. So you're, so the, the Dr. Hill neurofeedback is passive. It's pulling information out and correct. then feeding back that information through your cognitive senses, eyesight, audio, and then you're making intentional adjustments. adjustments exactly which is different so what you're saying is you're actually like I, I wore the halo and i felt it when i put it on it was a tingling sensation and then all of a sudden i turned into literally a cyborg and i was a cyborg at one point in my life in the seal teams but you know the workout i did and the experience i had was just like everything kind of clicked in and i was able to perform at a really high level and I didn't know if I was just having a good day or if it was a result of the device because normally it's, it takes some time to have its effect, right? So. Yeah, yeah. So usually um, usually it takes a little bit of time and especially for people that are highly trained like yourself mm-hmm. and do a lot of, you know, you've been training every day of your life for, for you know, multiple, multiple years now. Right. So usually for highly trained individuals, we need a little bit more time. But what you just said is not unusual. It's not? Okay. To, yeah, yeah. So... So the so I kind of jumped forward, but you went from you know the electrical stim to heal epilepsy yeah. to you know how did you then transition that into performance with the halo? Yeah, concept? so the my last company is called Neuropace, and mm-hmm. that's where we made the the implantable neurostimulator for epilepsy. My now co-founder Brett Wingeyer, uh, we were together at Neuropace for a long time, and we really felt like the holy grail for this field of neurostimulation. Mm-hmm was to do it non-invasively. Right. 
So, uh, you know, what is appropriate for someone with severe epilepsy to get three hours of neurosurgery to have electrodes and pulse generators installed into their, into their brain, you know, if you have a disease that severe, that might be appropriate for you. But for the rest of us, it's not. Mm -hmm. So we really thought that if we could do, if we could take some of the principles of using electricity, interacting with the brain to augment its capabilities, Mm -hmm. if we can do it without surgery, not only can we have people help people with medical conditions, but maybe we can help just regular, like healthy people without disease get more out of their brain. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what we found in the literature was exactly that. Mm -hmm. So there was this way to stimulate the brain using this technology called TDCS, so transcranial direct current stimulation. Okay. So we first started reading papers back in 2005, 2006, and there are only like 10 papers in the whole world. And then slowly, year over year, we saw this body of literature just take off. Mm -hmm. So we went from 10 papers to 2,000 papers in 10 years. Really? So these are uh, students and scientists who are doing this stuff in the laboratory. Correct, yeah. But but there there wasn't any real commercially viable products at the time. Yeah, and they're using scientific equipment. Right. You know, boxes with dials and switches, Mm -hmm. you know, cost tens of thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. and takes a real expert to assemble onto a test subject. Right. We saw an opportunity to to build it far simpler, mm-hmm. same capabilities, same level of engineering and safety safety features. But like, what if we could build this into something that just about anybody could use? Mm-hmm. Pair it with an app on your phone. Now we're basically unlocking a technology that's been proving in a lab, and bringing it out into you know out into the world. Yeah. So when when did you start this process with Halo? So it depends it? on when you start the clock. It uh, and let's let's roll it back. So about 2012, 2013. Okay. We started building prototypes mm-hmm. in our free time after work. Okay. And testing ourselves, mm-hmm. and then testing our friends. So you did this completely outside of Neuroscape. Yeah. 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 So um, we were able to replicate some of the published work with our little prototypes on ourselves and in our friends. So then we started to really think, all right, this technology has got some legs. Mm-hmm. We raised some money as, mm-hmm. as you do in mm-hmm. Silicon Valley, right. quit our jobs and we started Halo in 2014. Okay. Wow. That's not too long ago in the whole scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, what started with some like basic testing, like using ourselves as guinea mm-hmm. pigs mm-hmm. Um, led to, we, we raised a, a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get started, mm-hmm. get some office space and to pay ourselves a little bit to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. And then fast forward to today, we've got about 25 employees and, okay. and we've got Halo Sport launched. Yeah. So just so the listeners can get a sense of where this is going, you've got some professional sports teams using it. The Navy SEALs are uh, have gone through testing and, and are adopting you know, it in some capacity. A lot of CrossFit athletes and, and some real you know top top tier CrossFit Games athletes are using it. So you've already got adoption by, you know, a validation crowd. And so now your challenge is to get exposure and to, you know, get into the hands of more people who could benefit from it, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. So we don't, we don't see this as a tool just for elite competitive athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we want to see all athletes, amateur athletes using this. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, you know, I have a day job, but I really love the athletic side of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I use Halo Sport so that I can perform at a higher level. Mm-hmm. And that makes me feel better, more complete as a human. Mm-hmm. It keeps me alive. Mm-hmm. keeps me balanced. So, right. so yeah, I, I really see the win for this company is not when just elite athletes use right. it, uh, but when everybody uses it. I think um, I read somewhere, or I was talking to um, Steve, who runs the Unveiled Mind Company for me. He took it and borrowed it to use it for his musical performance. And he said that there was some evidence that some piano players have found yeah. it to be effective because it's effect move the movement area of your brain, moving the fingers. It's a little bit more subtle than picking up a barbell, but it's, a, it's not that different. And so yeah. it can be used by not just athletes, right? So Yeah, other, so maybe we could take a step back and sure. talk about what the neurostimulation is doing. Yeah. So if your listeners aren't watching, um, Mark had the Halo Sport headset on like a regular set of headphones. Right. There's some special pieces built in the underside of the arch. These are the stems, huh? The little... uh, we call them primers, but okay. you know, effectively they're electrodes. Mm. And that is what emits an electric field that interacts uh, with this special part of the, 
part of your brain called the motor cortex. Okay. So the motor cortex controls movement in our bodies. The motor cortex is in the midbrain? It's not in the midbrain, but it's in the middle of your brain. So the okay. midbrain is actually a deeper structure. Right. So this is still pretty superficial. Still in the neocortex. Yeah, still okay. in the neocortex, just right above your ears. Got it. 20 minutes of neurostimulation will induce a temporary state of hyperlearning. Mm. So in this case, in your motor cortex. I see. Movement. Yeah, so now it's what we want to do... It's not going to help you learn mathematics or memorize a language. No, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> this is purely for movement, but right. let's think about movement broadly, right? Like when people think about movement, they naturally think about elite athletes. Mm -hmm. But we define athleticism and athletes much more broadly than just baseball players and football players. So you mentioned musicians. So mm -hmm. we, we view musicians as athletes. Mm -hmm. So not the creative or emotional side of what right. they need to do but the technical side. So right. think about a guitarist right. and what their left hand needs to do. Right. And a, or a violinist or a pianist, both hands, or a drummer. Yeah. Imagine this extends to artists as well, you know? Yeah. Painters and... We, we, we have artists buying this and yeah. like we've even called them to say, hey, listen, this is not going to help you with, um, you know, the creative aspects. But they're like, yeah, yeah, I just want to move a brush yeah. across canvas. More gracefully. More yeah. gracefully. Like, perfect. Interesting. So there's one thing that Dr. Hill said that I wanted to ask you about because it was intriguing because I asked him about the halo and I, I wasn't clear on the stimulation versus the passive receptivity, but he said something about one of the challenges or one of the things to be thoughtful of when mm -hmm. using NeuroStim is that there is some evidence that it can recruit neuroplasticity from other areas of your brain. Does that statement make sense to you? Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly what he means. Yeah, so I used a word hyperlearning. Okay. And that is uh it's an easier to understand word, but let's use the word neuroplasticity because that's actually more accurate. Okay. So neuroplasticity is the process by which our brain can create new circuits. Right. And this is how we learn mm -hmm. and remember stuff, like movements and otherwise, math, presidents' names. All of that is encoded in a circuit. Mm -hmm. And neuroplasticity is how we build these circuits. It's a process by which we do that. Now, neuroplasticity is most active when we're young. Right. And it begins to decline in our mid-teens. Never goes to zero. So you can teach an old dog new tricks. That's right. absolutely true. It doesn't right. matter how old you get. You still have a plastic brain. You could still learn. But, but your ability to do that diminishes or slows down or changes Correct. over, over right. time. And, right. And that's part of natural aging, right. which sucks. But yeah, what we can do with neurostimulation is we can induce these temporary states of hyperplasticity. I see. So I use the easier to understand word hyperlearning, but really what it is is a temporary state of hyperplasticity. Yeah, we're bringing it back alive again. Right. Like your learning capacity comes back online a little bit. Right. And now here's a question though. Yeah. It, 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 I think what um, Dr. Hill was alluding to was that if you do that in the movement area, you might be recruiting potential neuroplasticity from other learning areas. Yeah. And so is it possible that this could make you a dumb jock? <laughs> so, uh, so no. Um, <laughs> We're all very relieved. <laughs> no, maybe we can make you a smarter jock, though. All right, um, I'm so, all for that. Yeah. Uh, so with our electrodes, and I think this is what Dr. Hill was getting at, our electrodes are, are or we'll call them primers, are built a little bit wider than it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And this is to account for a small amount of natural variation in the way people put on headphones. Mm -hmm. So there's like a centimeter of leeway on either side that we provide you. Mm -hmm. So what that means is that uh, when you put it on, you might be stimulating some neighboring structures of the right. motor cortex. Okay. And the neighboring structures are actually our friends and could actually help with movement. So on right. one side, it's uh, primary sensory. And on the other side, it's premotor. Mm-hmm. So stimulation in these structures actually might help us. Um, so, yeah, we don't feel like it's a bad thing. You know, here's another thing that's kind of running through my stimulated mind. You know, with Unbeatable Mind, you know, we try to experiment with multiple modalities of learning. And one of the reasons it's so effective is because we like to say, if you want to really learn something fast, then move your body while you're learning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not a, it's like, you know, like learning a new language while you're walking or something like that, or, or performing Tai Chi or, or a burpee. And so I can see how, you know, learning a non-movement related thing while you're stimulating the movement area of your brain, uh, brain could actually accelerate 
We should try that. I think we should try that. (laughs) Test my theory. That's pretty interesting. And I wonder if that's why, you know, the SEALs, the SEALs are using the product, right? You've been testing it at DevGrew and other areas. How are they using it? What's the... What's the modality, or how they? As you can probably be sympathetic towards, it's it's. Uh, I can't really talk can't too much about our work, sure. but um, you know, what started with some work with naval special warfare has led to a more significant work and more broad work across the military. So now we're working at the DoD level, mm-hmm. not just with the Navy, but with multiple branches of the military, um, primarily in special ops, but across multiple branches and, of the military. And at that obscure unit, the Defense Innovation Unit, extreme. <sighs> Extrapolation, <laughs> experimental, <laughs> DIUX. Right? Yeah, so uh, right. I love so that the, acronym. Right? The the funding agency is called DIUX, and it's a uh, it's a new acronym for. It sounds a lot like InQtel, which is the the CIA's uh, venture fund. Yeah, they are they are cousins of each other. Are they okay? That yeah, yeah. So DIUX is Defense Innovation Unit Experimental. Got it. Okay. Uh, they have an office in the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, and one in Boston. Okay. And their mandate is to connect the military to new technologies that are being developed in the country where the, the former, like the military proper would have, would be too slow to react to right. these new technologies. Right. So here's a new vehicle where they can incorporate newer technologies into, uh, you know, their problem areas to help solve problems. That's cool. So they've connected with you or vice versa. And now we're testing this across different branches of service. Yeah. Behavior. Yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, actually say it goes beyond testing at this point. Okay. You know, they're using it in practice, which is And I is, guess my awesome. question is, I imagine it's still being used, or the first inclination is to use it to enhance physical movement performance, because that's what the design is. Correct. But, you know, one of the things we were ta- we've been kind of dancing around and what we were talking about earlier before we started was the ability to use this tool to actually increase your skill level uh, in an area that is not directly related, let's say the actual performance itself, but you can increase your skill level in, uh, let's say, uh, how to do a movement pattern. Because if you're doing it p- improperly, then you know you have to unwind the neurological pathways or override those neurological pathways, right? So you don't just jump. Let's let's use running examples. We talked about running and yep. rucking, right? Yep. You don't put the halo on, and it's not just going to make you a better rucker or runner. But if you put the halo on and then learn how to do it more efficiently, then that'll help grease the grooves, uh, stimulate new pathways, and those will override the dysfunctional motor patterns. Am I right there? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, think about it as biomechanical reprogramming. Okay, good. Right. So, you know, when you're talking about walking long distances under load, um, there's a way to walk that is more efficient than if you are bouncing up and down, walking left and right, like to the extent that you can walk in a straight line, that's a good thing. Yeah. You'll yeah. end up at your target area in better shape. Um, and for your yeah. your previous Avoid line of work, injury. that is everything, right? Yeah. Um, so I could see an infantry unit or the rangers wanting to use this to make sure, you know, to, for injury prevention and durability training to make sure that the gait and the ruck, you know, how the body is moving under load is the most efficient for the soldier so that, you know, they, they survive that ruck to the target and can carry on with the mission. Yeah, yeah. So, like, how can we use neurostimulation to, to help reprogram the brain such that uh, you adapt to feedback, right? Yeah. You adapt to a stru- instruction on how to walk more efficiently or run more efficiently. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's definitely... Is there any instance. way to build this into a helmet? Yeah, so there's uh, we're we're in discussions with some oh, helmet cool. manufacturers. Right on. Um, so yeah, the idea would be the Intel inside. Right. Um, right. We would just be the neurostimulator inside. Right. Now, and I can see for uh, a more complex movement like um, sh- like shooting, right? So you're on the firing range and you first want to want to learn how to you know shoot expert with a 25 yard pistol. That we can go through the move with you know put the stim device on the halo and let it warm up your brain for 20 minutes while you're dry firing and then, you know, while you're firing. And then the, the idea yeah. is that you'd be a, you know, you'll be able to perform and, and achieve an expert rating much yeah. faster probably. Yeah. So sh- shooting is a great application. Yeah. Um, the, the movements required to um, properly handle a gun, position it, take down a target all under duress where time is limited. Mm-hmm. You know, that takes a lifetime to learn. Mm hundreds and thousands of reps are required to get that 
perfect. Mm -hmm. And when you need it the most, you can't think about it. I only publicly support companies and products that I personally use and have found valuable. So I wanted to tell you about Qualia. Now, I'm not a supplement geek. I don't find them useful if I'm fueling properly. But when it comes to my cognitive strength and brain health, I am excited about the emerging industry of nootropic supplements. I've been testing Qualia, designed by my friends at the Neurohacker Collective, for several months now. And it's on the bleeding edge of nootropic research and has become the one supplement that I won't go without on a daily basis. Qualia stimulates what's called broad-spectrum cognitive enhancement, which involves optimizing multiple cognitive variables simultaneously rather than focusing on a single variable. For example, it brings me greater ability to focus and makes me feel more connected while not diminishing my overall awareness of the environment. I experience a systematic enhancement of my brain's ability to take in and process information without any stimulating effect, which would make me feel agitated like caffeine, or depleted after the effect wears off. Now, for a busy entrepreneur and athlete like me, it's a no-brainer to invest in my brain health with Qualia. You can get on the Qualia bandwagon with me by visiting neurohacker.com, that's N-E-U-R-O-H-A-C-K-E-R.com, and use the code UNBEATABLEMIND15R, that's UNBEATABLEMIND15R, to get 15% off the life of your order. Trust me on this one, you won't be disappointed with Qualia. I have a so, question that you may not be able to answer because it hasn't been tested yet and it'd probably be very hard to test, but I'm imagining that a soldier or a SEAL could use the stim and visualize and yeah. still have the same effect or yeah, similar so, effect. Uh, that makes a ton of sense. Because doesn't visualize, doesn't it stimulate the motor function area as well? Yeah, so um, motor visualization will light up your motor cortex like a Christmas tree if you're in an MRI scanner. So you're not moving, but you're thinking about moving. The movement part of your brain is going crazy, which really begs the question, like, what if you just thought about movement and you had neurostimulation on? I think it'll work. I think so too. But there's no data to support what I just said. Right, it's just right. a hypothesis. Yeah, so we're talking hypothetically yeah. speaking. Well, I would yeah. love to try that too. I don't know how the heck you would ever validate it, except for the same. I guess the same baselines, right? If, yeah. if I could, There's you know, if yeah. I, you know, if my shooting expertise level was, let's say, on a scale of one to one hundred at an eighty, and I used the Halo stim and I visualized it, and never picked up a weapon, and then shot a hundred. Yeah, then that would so, prove it. Yeah. So I know, like, visualizations really—it's a big thing in golf. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know, I know a lot of our pro golfers are using this as a visualization tool. Okay. Um, right on. yeah. And especially with, with golf, there's only so many reps you can do a day. It's right. so repetitive. You can't put that kind of load on your body and expect to be healthy and in, into mm-hmm. your forties. Um, mm-hmm. and, and so, yeah, how can you get some movement free repetitions? You just gave me a whole new lease on how I'm going to use this thing. Cause I explained yeah. it earlier that my, my schedule and we're all busy. Like the, the person who's listening to this, our MBL mind tribe, I'm, I mean, are so busy that even yeah. getting to the gym and, you know, it's like you got to be efficient and bam, 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 you know, get in and out and move on to the next thing. And so what the, the challenge I had is, I, you know, I would pick the thing up and I'd have forgotten to charge it, you know, or, you know, I'm missing a part or I can't, you know, I don't have my phone with me. So the app yeah. is not there or, and so I, you know, I used it and then I couldn't use it and then I use it and then I couldn't use it. But if I could use it on the airplane, to visualize and know that I'm getting the same results. Yeah. I'm going to try that. I'm yeah. gonna, in and fact, I'm going to take it with me on my trip this so, weekend. Mark, something that you said I, I, I want to I wanna touch on is that, and that thing, it, that, that word efficiency really resonates with me. Yeah. So whether you are a working professional and still value the athletic side of yourself, mm-hmm. or remember. if you're a professional athlete and this is all you do, practice is precious right? Practice puts load on the body, right? It steals time from our day. Too much practice is bad, right? Risk of injury, fatigue. Mm-hmm. Overtraining is a big issue with the seal fit community, right? Cause we love, you love, love, love working yeah. out, but you know, you do too much is not, not good. So, you know, we see ourselves as a efficiency tool, right? Like with a given amount of practice, knowing that practice is limited, how can we maximize the gains? Now, like, I think we've done some great job with the neck and below mm-hmm. with proper fueling mm-hmm. and nutrition, 
with foam rolling and stretching and like light activation work to get the body prepared. Maybe the biggest part that is the biggest part of this equation we're completely neglecting. Mm-hmm. And that's the brain. Right. Right. Like how can we get the most neurologically from a training session? So that that's where we come in. Yeah. Okay. I love that. Let's talk about an application. You know, one of the things that we love to do in, um, in our tribe is we love CrossFit and I know some CrossFit games, uh, folks and, yeah. and a lot of CrossFitters are already using this with great effect. So it's been shown to improve their, even like the, the deadlift or some of their, their core lifts and the ability to move efficiently under load and that type of thing. So we know it'll work for that. And that was the application I was using it for actually. Yeah. It were short, high intensity wads and it was effective. But I hadn't thought until we talked earlier about how it would be used for, let's say, a ruck. Now, we addressed that with the Army. But for those of us, like we're going to Greece in September. Mm. I mentioned we're going to go fight the Persians who are going <laughs> to metaphorically attack the Western Empire again. We're going to... that Keyword there is metaphorically. Yeah, right? metaphorically. All joking <laughs> aside, we're going to retrace the trail that the Spar- King Leonidas awesome. and his 300 Spartans took from Sparta to Thermopylae, the hot gates. And along the way, we're going to train. So we're going to train, do a seal fit wad every day. We're going to do some unbeatable mind training. Uh, And we're going to bring some vets who are suffering from PTSD over and get some corporate sponsors. It's all very cool. But I can see how cool this would be to bring this along and integrate it into our training, right? Both before and after. Mm -hmm. And the before part would be how do we, you know, make sure that we can walk 300 kilometers and avoid injury, and so, correct me if I'm wrong, we would want to use the stim device to and, and use it with some gait training, you know, like pose, a pose clinic or someone who knew how to analyze my gait in terms of, you know, rucking with 40 pounds on my back and say, okay, you need to do, you need to shift this a little bit, right? You need to land a little bit more on the ball of your foot. You need to not pick your legs up so high. You need to lean a little bit forward because you're not doing those things, which is going to lead to inefficient rucking and so i use the halo device to while, do it in the new way right while you're and getting this expert instruction. while i'm getting the expert instruction and that's going to stimulate and create the new neurological pathway is that right yeah okay. yeah yeah just like what can we do to get more neurologically from a training session right? right like how can we help with this biomechanical reprogramming right so that we can adopt a new skill or hone a skill that we already do pretty good and make mm-hmm. it better yeah okay Okay, so that's one application. Can you think of any other applications for, you know, s- athletes who are like Spartan, uh, obstacle course racers, seal fit, you know, people training for Kokoro camp or, you know, th- those long, arduous, you know, mentally demanding uh, events? Yeah, so there's, uh, like just continuing on this endurance application, there's, uh, you know, we had some athletes go to Rio who were training with uh, Halo Sport, okay. um, competed in the Olympics. And, you know, I think we got some medals that were unexpected in endurance sports. Really? Okay. So that really kind of piqued our interest. And, you know, we went back to them. It was like, all right, how are you training with mm-hmm. Halo Sport? And it kept coming back to um, interval training. So their, their races are much longer than the hour of hyperplasticity that we buy them. Right. So what they try to do is they condense, you know, their race into an hour by doing really, really hard intervals. And you know what I think neurologically is happening is that as you enter a really hard interval, you're just thinking about getting to the other side of this interval in the best shape possible, right. in the least amount of pain. And the way you do that is you figure out for yourself the most efficient pattern of movement. Right. So it encourages, it almost, it's a forcing function for you to be efficient. Yeah, interesting. You and can't so, be lazy. You right. can't be lazy in an interval, right. um, and if you and if you are, you're going to suffer. Right. You're going to suffer from it. So, you know, with interval training, there's I think you know, absolutely from the neck and below, there's things that are happening like tapping different metabolic stores and this kind of thing. But I would argue from the neck and above, from a neurologic standpoint, there's something really cool happening. Mm. Is that you're learning? You're learning to be efficient. You're forcing yourself to be efficient. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I, I like there's Ironman triathlete Tim O'Donnell. He won the Boulder Ironman. So this mm. this uh, last about a week ago, he won by 20 minutes. Wow! No kidding. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's results like this that are um, that's just really heartening to see. That's amazing. Um, and and yeah, it's uh, that must have been a little disheartening for his competitors, his uh, peers. 
<laughs> we think they're putting out, yeah. and he's like, whoa, what yeah, are you eating out there? Yeah, where is this guy? <laughs> where is he? And then there's uh, there's a big race this weekend, the Western, uh, the ultra, ultra marathon. Yeah, the Western 100 yeah. or something like that. It's 100 yeah. miles up through Durango, right? Is that the right um, one? Or no, I think it's in the Sierra. So in it, the starts, Sierras, uh, okay. it starts in Auburn, I think, or okay. in like our part of the world, right. Lake Tahoe area. But yeah, we'll have a couple athletes. Um, remains to be seen how well they do. So right. knock on wood, yeah, uh, right. they do well. That's cool. Very cool. So why only 20 minutes? Like, why wouldn't I want to use mm. this for an hour? Yeah. So we get this a lot because folks like you are thinking if 20 yeah, minutes is good. Be better, right? <laughs> <laughs> 20 minutes is good. Maybe 40 minutes right. is twice, twice as good. Is good. So it turns out it isn't. Okay. And there's diminishing returns after 20 minutes. Okay. So 40 minutes doesn't buy you double the plasticity. Are there uh, any risks if you kept it on longer? No, just wasting your time. Mm-hmm. There might be some skin, skin irritation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, through the app, we'll keep you honest. It shuts you down. <laughs> It'll shut you down, yeah. right. right. We'll, we'll have a necessary lockout period. Right. I think it's eight hours. It's set at eight hours. So um, <laughs> You can't train for more than eight hours. <laughs> well, you can. You just can't use neurostimulation. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. That's awesome. Good for you. All right. I think... Um, I think the Halo, uh, I'm, I'm excited to try it for visualization and to have some of other seal fit athletes uh, give it a whirl and um, probably use it for this 300-kilometer uh, hike in Greece. That sounds pretty cool. And we'd have to talk further about that. But Allison, who set up this podcast, mentioned to me you're working on something new, some super-duper dodecaphonic mm. secret product. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so you know we're known as a sports performance company mm-hmm. because Halo Sports out there, and it's mostly on athletes, but we actually think of ourselves as a human performance company. Mm-hmm. So we don't want to stop with just movement. We want to scale the technology, basically just move the electrode to target a different part of the brain. Mm. Um, different learning areas. Exactly. Different learning areas. So same stimulation output, but different form factors so we can more easily target different parts of the brain. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I'd love to just appeal to you and your listeners, you know, think about your life Mm -hmm. and think about some of the things that you would want in your life, but you don't Mm -hmm. because it takes too long to learn. Mm -hmm. Like Mark, what, what if you want to learn Italian? Right. But and you tried, you had Duolingo on your phone and you mm-hmm. tried for 10 days and you just weren't making the progress that kept you motivated. Mm-hmm. Like, what if we can change that? Yeah. Right? Like, what if we could throw an electrode over your language cortex and then you you practice with Berlitz or Duolingo or yeah, any cool. Rosetta Stone and we made learning faster, fast enough to keep you motivated to keep with it. Mm-hmm. Like, what if you want to like learn to play piano? Yeah, but you don't even start today because you're just thinking, "Well, heck, it's going to take me ten years," right? And I just don't have the patience for that. But what if we could reel it in? I forgot who said that there's, there's this ten thousand hour rule. Like we yeah. really knock them glad yeah. We we want to bust that. You yeah, know, we want to reel that into like two thousand hours. That's interesting because I've been saying the same thing happens when you get yourself into a deep learning state through breathing, meditation, visualization exercise, which is the unbeatable mind path. And I imagine, I mean, and that does work, right? It does accelerate learning. And the SEALs are using sensory deprivation. You know, the, my friends, uh, Cotter and, um, oh man, I forget the co-author wrote about that in Stealing Fire. Um, but I, and, and so we're all about stacking different tools and techniques. Mm-hmm. So I can mm-hmm. imagine how, you know, STEM combined with either sensory deprivation or meditation to get into an ideal learning state would almost accelerate the acceleration. Yeah. 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 So now we're cool. Now yeah, we're there's, somewhere. Yeah. I, there's, I think there's a lot of um, opportunities to mix technologies. Yeah. I think. What each, about you know, social skills? Like if I, when I was 18, I could have, I would love to have something like this to teach me how to meet girls. <laughs> yeah. I'm in my mid forties. I could still use that. Um, <laughs> there's been motivation for you to invent this. New yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So social skills uh, like th- that, uh, I'm not Honestly, sure I haven't that, heard. I haven't thought of that, but yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe we just got to stimulate the emotional area of the brain. Does that even exist, or maybe it's a heart yeah. stimulant? I don't know. I mean, we're going off track here, but <laughs> probably could do that. I imagine. So, what's the prognosis on this uh, the new new development? Yeah, so you could uh, you can, you can expect our second product about this time next year. Okay, 
Yeah, Excellent. so we're we're already off to the races working on it. Excellent. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're excited about that one. Yeah, sign us up to test it. I'm sure there's plenty of listeners who'd be all over that. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah, that's exciting. Okay, how can so so Halo? Obviously, just look you up online. But I wanted to let people know that if uh, I mentioned it earlier, if you're interested in trying this product out. Dan has graciously offered a $125 discount on the product. Yes. And so you'd uh, go to our website, right? Or go to go to their website, which is what? Haloneuro.com. Haloneuro, N-E-U-R-O.com? Correct. Okay. And then when you uh, check out, enter the promo code UNBEATABLEMIND125. That's cool. I'm excited for that. Thank you very much. That's very generous. That's, it's, it's my That's pleasure to do this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Huge fans of you, Mark. Uh, yeah, thank you. Likewise. So keep up the good work. I can't wait to, you know, test this with visualization. Can't wait to see the new product. Uh, good luck with the work with the SEALs. Of course, they're near and dear to my heart and the rest of the military. So this is important. It's important to keep those guys physically and mentally healthy and so we can do our mission in protecting the world. Absolutely. Thanks for the opportunity. It's yeah, been a lot of fun. Yeah, I really yeah. appreciate you yeah. joining Thanks, me Mark. today. All right, folks. That's it. Uh Dr. Dan from Halo Neuroscience, uh, really appreciate your time today. It was uh, extremely interesting. And this podcast is available on video, which you'll, you'll be able to see it at the unbeatablemind.com website. Eventually, we're going to have a new YouTube channel so that we can have videos for all the podcasts, or at least most of them. And uh, if you're just listening to an audio, then uh, just imagine two really cool guys standing and <laughs> talking to each other. <laughs> That's about all you're going to get to see, and me goofing around with a Halo headset. That's it. So you didn't miss much. Anyways, thanks for being here. You guys rock. Really appreciate your support. And uh, go check out Halo and let's support uh, these guys and their incredible mission. And um, I guess that's it. Train hard, stay focused, and we'll see you next time. Hoo-yah. Divine out. Boys, time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleets, the bright swinging frogmen.